Magic happens between the notes. Linda Bott. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hole. And I'm Lee Esses. And joining us today is Linda Bott. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. Hi, guys. So we wanted to give you, our listeners, an idea of what it's like to be on stage, to be performing in front of a bunch of different people. So I dragged Linda Bott in because she's done this since you were a kid, right? Yes. I professionally started working at 15. So I could say that's when I first started getting paid. But I have been singing, you know, basically growing up in the country where you've got horses and trees and the creativity of what it is to have imaginary friends and audiences. And, Mm. and, uh, you know, I was the most famous person living in the country. Yeah. Wow. Tell us about how you got your start. What exactly is it that you do? I was basically just naturally, I think, gifted in the fact that I have a good ear and that my parents belong to Capitol Records. And one of the albums was Barbra Streisand. My brother to this day can't stand listening (laughs) to anything Barbra Streisand because I emulated every single intonation and tone and breath. And so she basically was my voice teacher. And I learned how to hold my breath and have these big tones. And so that's what I do is I sing. And then down the road, you know, that meant uh, jingles, that meant recording, that meant, okay, do you want to be in this show? You have to learn these lines. Okay, can you dance? So I kind of did the acting, singing and dancing and did some stage plays and was in a couple theatrical productions and high school and doing stuff like that. I think the first time I met you was on the local stage here. I was working behind the scenes and helping get set pieces up and on. And it was a Christmas show. Are you talking Martinis with Santa? Yes. I wrote that show. Nice. And produced that show. So that was a really big undertaking for me because I had written a song uh, with one of my Nashville buddies named Cam King. And we wrote the song Martinis with Santa. And I thought, okay, now what am I going to do with this song? I recorded it a few times in different albums that I have produced and actually released. Besides trying to fill the seats, making sure the seats were filled, it was just a glorious experience. So you are stage performer, you are a singer. A lot of people have a very specific image in mind when they think of someone who's a performing artist. They think about actors, actresses, the glamour, the flashing cameras. They think about Broadway and all of the... Jazz hands? <laughs> jazz hands. Literal jazz hands. <laughs> I don't know. So that's interesting because I think we all see the world through our own personal lens. Mm-hmm. So I would say that, first of all, it's a craft. There's a lot of grunt work involved in what it is. People just think you just roll out of bed and you have no idea the grunt work that goes into performing and what it is to, it's a lot of energy to put on high heels and put on clothes. And when you're hungry, you'll take any job. I used to say to my agent, just give me the Ramada and I'll take a piano bar for 30 bucks. And that's the truth. So if you could embed an idea into our audience's mind of what you do, what would it be? I connect with people. I try to please people. It's an energy for me to feed people, but it also feeds me. So I feel like when I feed them, they feed me. 
it's a cycle. It's an energy circle. What kind of mindset do you need to have to do what you do? Well, I would say a lot of entertainers are very insecure. They need to have the acknowledgement, but ultimately the redemption. There's like a, oh yeah, you think because I'm tall and I'm blonde, I can't belt out a note. I don't have a brain. That has always been great for me to go like, as soon as you open your mouth, people are like, what? (laughs) So what does it take? It takes a lot of chutzpah. It takes a lot of going through doors when people say, no, you can't do that. Well, watch me. You know, again, I heard another interview recently of Kelly Clarkson that said, you tell me no, and I'm going to show you how good I can do it. You know, you have to believe in yourself because there's constant people who are going to tear you down and say things or, you know, you may be thinking you're saying the word pink and somebody says, look at how she says the word pink. I mean, that's such a weird analogy, but it's true. Does that make sense? So you have to develop thick skin because you're told nine no's for one yes, no matter how good you are. So think of your very first live performance to your very last live performance. What is the difference between how you feel before stepping on that stage? When I think about my first really live performance, that would have been like in seventh grade with the jazz band and being body conscious not sure of my energy, not sure of myself. And now at this age, I'm just, hey, you know what? I've got three different dress sizes in my closet and I'm going to be who I am today in this moment. And I don't know what's going to come out. I'm prepared. But, you know, I remember this time like four years ago in the same place I was supposed to be performing and they canceled the outside performance and put me upstairs. Talk about pulling out all of my shtick because I was inside now in a very small room. So yeah, I was upstairs and I remember it was summer like this. The fires had been raging. I said to the people putting on this event, do you really want people to sit outside in the smoke? That was just really an interesting night. It was fun, but boy, I had to do some sing-alongs. And I don't know about this stage of my life. I'm not really interested in (laughs) sing-alongs. It felt like we were going to do the hokey pokey next. Uh (laughs) So what is it like backstage? There's a variety of different elements to backstage. Backstage could even be a coat closet because trust me, I have oftentimes had my dressing room be a coat closet where I brought my own light and my own mirror, just some place to change costumes into having the real backstage like in Las Vegas where you do have the chaotic dressing room, fresh flowers on the table, a piano where you do your scales before you hit the stage or if you're with a group, you're harmonizing so you can pitch in before you hit the stage. So it's a variety of different things. Now, like this jazz gig coming up, it's going to be outside. So my stage will be the car before I get out there and say, okay, I'm ready, guys. Let me schlep. When am I going to schlep the microphone and the PA system? Tell me what I need to do. You can't have an ego when it comes to that. You just got to pull up your big girl panties and you get out there and let it rip. And I'm just curious because you've been in a lot more backstage green rooms than I have. What percentage of them are actually green? One that I remember particularly well was the green room when Johnny Carson was doing The Tonight Show. And it wasn't Johnny Carson. It ended up being Jay Leno. So a friend of mine from high school was in charge of the pages at NBC. And we ran into each other in LA and he said, be my guest and come back and, you know, see what I do. So that was really green shag carpeting, dressing room, throwback. And that was probably in the either early 90s or late 80s, but they kept that. 
I don't know if it's been remodeled since, but that was green. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Is there anyone in particular that you think has really changed the industry of performance? Well, recently I saw Lady Gaga and it rocked my world. Her audience had gay, straight, grandmas, every color of the rainbow, every generation, and everybody partied. And I love that. I really love that. I mean, Cher does that too. People who I think really changed a lot of genre bending are people like Dolly Parton. My former drummer in Nashville toured with her. So I got a chance to go backstage and meet her. And she was so real. I was like, I'm taking your time. I don't want to take this picture. And she goes, come back here, honey. You didn't get a good picture. (laughs) So I took another picture and I was thinking, oh my gosh. And she was as real as the day comes. I don't think that woman has a fake bone in her body. So she's very prolific. And my drummer, Chuck, who's then her drummer and everybody else's drummer, had said that when you go on the road with her, expect a phone call at two or three or four o'clock in the morning. And she's going to be talking. What do you think about this line? And she's constantly writing. And so I think that she's been somebody who really inspired me as far as how long she's been around, and she's covered every genre and written books on top of it. Do you have any final advice for an author who wants to write a performer in their book? I would think about the words that I had said earlier that would be uh, self-image, insecure, knowing it, growing it, ego. Yeah. Also, going through your fears and developing more of the character as far as finding their apex or their zenith. Is there any industry lingo that you can kind of define for them so they can use it for their character? Wardrobe malfunction. (laughs) Go on with the show, no matter what. Staying in pitch even when the band is playing in the wrong key. Not letting the hecklers make a joke with them, but don't let them disrupt you. Because there's always going to be somebody or something or something behind you on stage falling. Just malfunctions or mistakes. And uh, you must go on with the show. If I were to mentor somebody or teach them, is that just remember that the magic happens between the beats. It happens between the notes. So many times before even going into a song with the intro, this is what I love about jazz and interpretation, is that I can take my time and I can look at the players and say, I'm not ready yet. And they know if they read my body, we're going to go around one more time or you're going to watch my shoulder and I'll go in. So that's the same thing with the magic happens between the notes. All right. Well, thank you to all of our listeners. Remember, if you're writing characters, make sure you find the right sources for how they really can be represented correctly through their books. And as you write, remember what we always tell you. Write selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots@aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. <laughs>